0: It's a completely different podcast.
1: <laughs> and now it's more my speed.
0: <laughs> well, too bad. We're in we're in the horror movie. This is also your idea.
1: It was. So. Because I love talking about things I hate.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, that's nice.
1: Hate fuels me.
0: Boy. Okay, well. On that note, would you like to introduce the, the podcast?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome. Yes, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Um, this is We Watch Dead People. Mm-hmm. I'm Emma, and uh, across from me, both visually and emotionally, is Will.
0: Oh, how nice. Hello. Yeah,
1: thank you. You like that? <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I liked it. <laughs> We're going to talk about movies. Specifically...
0: The horror movies. Horror
1: movies, I hate horror movies.
0: And yet, Emma also suggested that we watch horror movies together so that we could then talk about them. I I really like horror movies.
1: I think it's important for couples to have hobbies.
0: And your hobby is doing something you hate.
1: Cheaper than therapy.
0: Wow, well, jeez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I got you know I've always liked horror movies. My mom mm-hmm. was into horror movies. Uh, still but, is. Yeah. She still learned. Yeah, well, yes, thank thankfully, thankfully. But we we went to see the new Halloween a couple months ago and then mm-hmm. and then I saw Hereditary which we're going to talk about That's today.
1: That's a subject of today's and, podcast. And
0: it got me way back into horror movies like in a way I hadn't been in a while. So it's 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 been fun just talking about them a lot. Yeah, at he's been Emma, talking my ear off and I now said, "Okay, I actually, let's Get to show her some. We get to watch some together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it like a like a math class.
0: Except I don't imagine that you hated math class quite as much as you hated watching hereditary.
1: (laughs) No, because math class never gave me these kind of nightmares.
0: Oh, you've had nightmares?
1: Not about hereditary specifically.
0: But just in general.
1: Just in general about horror movies. I mean, I think the last time I really watched a horror movie. No, the first horror movie I saw I was six, and it stayed with me and then I didn't watch one again until I was like seventeen and then I was like, "You know what this isn't for me.
0: <laughs> Which one did you watch when you were seventeen?
1: When I was seventeen, I watched uh the first uh insidious
0: okay well, that's a very that's a very different kind of horror movie from the one we watched for this episode,
1: then hereditary, yeah. yeah. Hereditary I, I could give some points to. I think
0: I think Insidious is a kind of crowd pleaser horror movie with a lot of Yeah, jump scares and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hereditary people either seem to really love it or they really hated it. I was in the love it camp. But I think that's because it's a very different kind of movie.
1: I would say I neither loved it nor hated it. There were good parts. <laughs> Um, There were also parts I didn't like, mainly the spooky parts. Okay, but did you
0: not like them? Did you think they were bad, or were you just scared of them?
1: Hereditary is like walking through a haunted house, but instead of people jumping out at you wearing uh, clown masks, you're walking through watching a family just disintegrate, and they don't see you there, and you're like, oh, man, this is uncomfortable to watch.
0: It's kind of the plot of the movie, though, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so back up. I don't know if that anyone listening to this will have not seen Hereditary, but... I
1: remember I've everyone's seen it by now.
0: Not well. But to be just do the things that we have to do by having a movie podcast. It's written and directed by Ari Aster. It's got mm-hmm. Toni Collette in the lead role.
1: Fantastic.
0: She's great in this she movie. She was snubbed. Even people who didn't like this movie can admit she was good in it.
1: I'm that person.
0: My little sister is really that person. She yeah. hated the movie. Yeah. But uh, even admitted Tony Kaleb is good. Um, Alex Wolf from the Naked Brothers Band <laughs> <laughs> plays her son. And he's really good.
1: When are they going to get back together? It's a good question. You know the Jonas Brothers just got back together? I
0: saw that. Yeah. So Naked Brothers Band, it's your time. There's money <laughs> to be had. Um, but,
1: it's, but he's really good.
0: Yes, he is. Yeah. And uh, the movie's generally about... Bef- this is the pre-spoiler explanation it's about the the grandmother of this family dies and then in the aftermath of her death this family starts to experience a lot of misfortune tragedy and strange happenings in and around their lives and that's about all i can say without actually spoiling the movie so now we're going to talk about the movie so if you haven't seen it Probably now's about the time to tune us out. Yeah. I would say. So. I think
1: most people have seen it though. Yeah, except if if, for my mother, who also doesn't my, like horror and movies. And my
0: mother who heard one thing about this movie and decided it was too too fucked up for her to watch. Yeah, so well,
1: I think that's perfectly fair to know your own limits.
0: <laughs> I think it is too. Um
1: I think that this film was a good introduction for me into talking about horror movies because I still didn't like it, I still don't like horror movies, but There were, it was more than just like that classic kind of what you were saying about Insidious, like jump scares, scary faces. Like there was tension and it was more of a drama for a good chunk of the film. And I like drama.
0: Well, and actually, um, Ari Aster, who made the movie, said that he wrote it as a family drama and then recast it as a horror movie so that he could sell it more easily. Because he had a history of making sort of really grim and fucked up short movies Mm -hmm. and then was trying to make the foray into a feature and decided to make it a horror movie because those are cheap and easy and people will take them on because they generally make a bunch of money on a low budget so the family drama thing that's at the root of the movie is real i mean and i think it's where it's coming from first and foremost but i also think it works on a horror movie level because it's just really scary and I mean it's scary on it, in, it, yeah it I'm, is
1: scary. There's some spooky I, I said things.
0: horror level now I'm about to say that it's scary on two levels. Okay. The first is that it's scary in a human way. Uh, in the first 30 minutes of the movie, the little girl that's on the cover of the movie and was in the trailer and is generally like creepy kid and you think it's creepy kid movie well, she gets her fucking head knocked off <laughs> and that sort of comes out of left field and yeah. then and then watching th- there's this amazing sequence from when she gets her head knocked off and then the brother who's driving the car she pops her head out the window and her head gets popped off by a pole it's
1: decapitated yeah. yeah there's a smack sound
0: that's correct her, and the bro- her
1: headless body is in the back seat
0: and the brother Alex Wolf who's incredible in the scene is just so overcome with shock and trauma doesn't want to look back at her he just drives home and leaves the car yeah and he then, doesn't tell anybody and then the camera doesn't really leave him it doesn't leave his face and then the next morning you hear the tony Colette go out to the car and she finds the body and, and it's, it's just like it, it made me feel sick like watching it the first time i watched it like a sunday afternoon with the lights with the light coming in the window and i just felt gross it was just it felt bad to watch the movie but in in a way in a way that you kind of like too it was good
1: okay well, yeah if you like feeling gross sure go ahead i think that it felt not not a feel-good movie Uh, yeah no there's it's not the care bears no but It felt like, I agree watching that scene was difficult because you'd think in the movie universe that kind of thing would happen. You'd accidentally decapitate your sister and then you go, oh no, what do I do? Oh my gosh, I have to tell my mom or I have to call the police or something. But in the it's not very real world universe, Mm -hmm. just sitting back and being like, I'm so... What is
0: it? Well, if you're like a 16, 17... Like 17-
1: adrenaline, you don't know what to do. Yeah. And yeah, you're a 17-year-old Who, who is just, child. At, just
0: at a party, ripping the bong, and then your little sister comes out and is like, hey, going into anaphylactic shock, and you're driving at high speeds in the dark, and then her head gets popped off? Like, I don't think that most people would process that no, very well. I
1: know. For, I think uh, what was gross about it is I went, oh yeah, me too. Yeah. I would also go curl up into my bed. Yeah, it's tough. It but is
0: tough. But so I think, so already there have been, for most people, there are two shifts already. So you think it's going to be creepy kid movie. And then her head comes off and it transitions into family drama. There's this great scene where Tony Collette and her son have a fight at the dining room table. She Mm -hmm. yells at him. I mean, it's great. It should have been, that would have been her Oscar clip if she had been nominated she should have been she should have been snubbed she really was Um, she had
1: a lot of great flannels in that movie too she did made me want to go buy a flannel
0: she did she had she she played the part of like cozy mom pretty well and then she slash
1: artist yeah yeah
0: Um, a lot of
1: people fit into the flannel category
0: but then partway through the movie about halfway the movie makes another shift into this sort of like demon seance
1: Yeah, so she goes to therapy to try and deal with her issues, which is what we should all be doing. Mm
0: -hmm. But like group therapy. Group
1: therapy, which is not the route I'd go, but if it helps you, it helps you. And she meets someone there. Joan, who seems very much like a mother figure to her. And through the played whole... By, played
0: by Ann Dowd, who's uh, also very good. Very
1: good. Snubbed. Snubbed. And so <laughs> and so she goes and she's talked like kind of... You get the sense through the whole movie that her and her real mom, who died, we didn't even meet her. She died as the film was starting, like didn't have a good bond. And so it seems very natural that this woman is just there and, and helping her and being a mother figure. Cla- classic drama stuff. Classic mm-hmm. what you need. And then it just slowly, there's just little things where you're like, oh, that's a little bit off, or like, that's kind of creepy, mm-hmm. you know, about her. Like, she just keeps showing up in ways that don't quite seem natural. She seems really fascinated. Like, what started with just caring and checking in turns into, like,
0: persistent. Well, well and as they start, as they keep talking to one another, she keeps touching Tony Collette's character yeah. more and more. And, and at it- first
1: it feels like a cozy comfort, and then you're like, wow, she. That's a lot.
0: Yeah. She's like putting her hands on her too much for it to be normal. Yeah. Um And, and-
1: then you find you find. Tony Collette <laughs> finds Tony Collette's character. Let's be realistic. Tony Collette's character finds like an album in her mother's stuff that she's been friends with Joan. And in fact it seems almost like a cultish Well, it turns out to actually be a cult. But like they're Having all these celebrations.
0: Well, you move through a lot of stuff to, there. I mean, I'm there, just there's talking like... about
1: Jones arc. Oh, okay. I'm on the yeah. Joan train. Yeah. Well. And you're like, oh shit, all the little things that kind of felt a little bit off. Topped with it, you know, it's a horror movie, so things just feel a little bit off. Click together in what I think is a really nice way.
0: But it does the good. Th- it does the thing that many good movies and especially good horror movies do, which is. Uh, this was for me, anyways. I thought it was gonna go several different roads, and it obvi- it goes a very different one. Road less traveled. But when you go back and watch the movie again, which I don't know how many people would feel comfortable doing, because of how unpleasant it can be to watch,
1: says the man who's watched it like five, five or six times. Six yeah. times, yeah.
0: Well, because it's a great movie. I, I can separate the fact that it's a good movie from the fact that it's unpleasant. I've sort well, of
1: good for you. Well,
0: now that I know it's coming, it doesn't sort of feel as unpleasant. Now I just appreciate it as a movie anyways. Mm-hmm. When you watch it from the beginning, I mean, it's really one of the very few movies I think I could name where there isn't that there's not a piece that's wasted. You know, like every shot, every, almost every line, like everything feeds into the plot of the movie and its eventual outcome and if you as you rewatch it you start to pick up on things from the very beginning that signal where the movie is going and as emma just said i've watched it five or six times and each time i've found something new something different that's tucked away in the movie to you know ca- you know, send you the signal that it's gonna go the direction it goes with this cult thing And
1: well i will like I'll agree with you that everything kind of feeds together, but as just having seen it once, I was blindsided at the end. Like, for it having so many clues as to where it's going, which I know what the clues are because you talk about them so much. <laughs> like, not knowing those clues, just watching it, the end was like, what? It felt very into- Like, you know it's going to
0: end badly. Well, and that's Because that's- it
1: just feels like things are going in a bad direction. But then ending... In that treehouse with all the nakeds?
0: Yeah, well, I think that's what made a lot of people not like it. Like, you know, it got like a 90% or something on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, for what that's worth. Wow. A lot of critics liked it, but a lot of audiences hated it, and it got like a D- on CinemaScore, which is really bad. And I think it's because of that misdirection. You know, even if you could adjust as an audience member to the first move where you think, Oh, it's not creepy kid movie, it's a family drama, and there's a lot of family pain... And then at the end of the movie, it's like there's le- levitating and cutting a woman's own head off and like mm-hmm. praying to a demon in a treehouse with a bunch of naked people. A lot of like, naked. It's, it's, it is weird. Um, it's but
1: hard to wrap your, your mind and it, around. And you feel a little whiplash. And it's I'm also
0: significantly more um, sort of standard horror movie stuff than in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, I even guess I don't
1: know because I don't know the standard horror, but it it feels like what I've heard about.
0: Yeah, but even so, I thought it's executed so well, and the fact that you don't see that sort of coming, and then at the in the last fifteen minutes, it just gets fucking bonkers. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome because I think when you do that the whole movie, it sort of loses its touch, like. Uh, Another movie we watched recently and maybe we'll do for a future episode was The Conjuring. It was sort of like a a tiptoe into Emma getting to watch horror movies. I didn't like it. I don't really like that movie either. But that movie's made tons and tons of money because from start to finish, it's sort of always the same. It's got the same kind of atmosphere. It's got the spooky sounds, the Mm -hmm. jump scares, and people know what you're going to get. It's like a popcorn movie. But Hereditary is not that. It is way more slow, it's way more subdued, and so then when it does finally go off the rails at the end, it has, for me, it had like three times the power that a normal horror movie would have. I thought it was excellent. I thought the ending is excellent. That that, that part seems to really rub people the wrong way. But I, I
1: mean, I thought it was far... I guess I don't know all the... I did feel a little whiplashed by it, but I mean, at the end I was like, oh... Okay, but because they were so fast at the end of Mm -hmm. like, here's a demon and it's a cult and they're satanic and uh, there's something about decapitation because everybody gets decapitated, that I just wanted like a little bit more of like answers because the demon they're praying Mm -hmm. to is payment, right? Yeah. You just see a page and a half in a book that she like opens and it opens on this page about payment, but there's no explanation of like, what he is as a demon and then he also like possesses people through like when he's not possessing someone i think he's like this little blue light but he goes into the little girl while she's still alive, while she still has her head on and because then they make that like click noise and so you're like oh that's that sound
0: probably fucked a lot of people up just now (laughs) sorry um
1: like works it all together but then I just don't know how the possession works, and I wanted that explained because no po- no possession is the same, right? Right. Well, yeah, so but I—I I think- I had this thought. I wrote it down while we were watching it. That was like maybe because the uh, Tony Collette mentions that her mother like takes over Charlie, the little girl's like raising. Like as soon as she's born, is like really obsessed with her, and that charlie was born and like didn't cry at all and so i had this thought i was like oh maybe it's like this is a dark thought but i was like maybe charlie was like stillborn and somehow the grandma knew and like put payment in charlie like right away yeah so that then when payment takes goes into the brother's body at the end of the film the brother is actually dead and so then maybe payment can only enter bodies that are dead. But then I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense because a dead body like rots, well, even if it's being possessed by a demon. And that's
0: why Tony Collette's brother killed himself, as she says, toward that's the beginning. Right. Yeah. Because right. she said that the, the brother said the grandma was trying to put people inside of him, which, you know, again, is one of these signals to what's to come. But I, I know, just wanted I think...
1: more explanation for how the whole demonic thing works because I think that's what's interesting I don't want an instruction manual but if I'm going with creepy things I prefer true crime and so I'd like an explanation of everything that's going on and how did how it happened
0: well see interestingly I think a lot of people didn't like how much exposition there is at the end I mean the movie ends with Anne Dowd's character essentially explaining what, oh. the, what they're doing why they're doing it And I think that irritated a lot of people. And I I wasn't irritated by that, but I also wouldn't have wanted more exposition than that. I thought. Oh yeah,
1: I thought it was. I mean.
0: But you're saying you wanted more answers. I thought. I wanted
1: more answers. I didn't want her standing in front of the camera being like, "You're one of the whatever kings of hell, and we're here to serve you." Because that's not answers. What did they do? Who'd they sacrifice? Besides the family, you know? How did they get involved in this pain and stuff? What's the cult but story? But isn't that That's more interesting
0: want. than being spoon-fed everything? Like, I you just, get to think about it a little bit. I thought I that I like, I like that to
1: more. think, don't. I like to think.
0: Well, I, I just want to
1: know about the cult. I want to know, who are they?
0: Well, Ari Aster has another movie coming out this summer. There's a trailer for it at the time of this recording. It comes out in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's another cult movie, so maybe it'll be in the same universe. Who knows? But, I don't know. I thought that the movie's exposition was really well done. Um, Because exposition usually, usually in movies, is really ham-handed. I think that a lot of screenwriters have a hard time of informing the audience about relevant details to the characters and the plot in a way that makes it feel natural and normal. And this movie does it incredibly well to the point that, like, I, I don't know, so many of the lines through the beginning of the movie just sort of register to me as kind of normal dialogue in that it's not really important, but it's moving the story forward.
1: Does that have nuts in it? Because we didn't bring the
0: EpiPen. Okay, that's a bad example. But I'm thinking, like, <laughs> at the funeral when the mom's like, it's nice to see so many strange new faces that kind of thing yeah like i just thought oh that means that she had an estranged relationship maybe from her mom or you know and her she says her mom had secret rituals it just like all kind of read to me as like she had a weird relationship with her mother i wasn't expecting that the, the grandmother was the leader of a demonic a demonic cult <laughs> and like was actually involved in literal rituals like Really? To raise a demon. Yeah, it was oh, not... I got
1: that right away.
0: Well, that's probably because I told you a lot about this movie before you actually saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but...
1: No, I'm just that smart. I don't know. Yeah, oh. the exposition was good. The yeah. explanation of things. You really just do feel like you're dropped into the middle of this family and you're just watching as you're like, oh, no, you guys are going about it. When
0: they feel like a real family with a, like a real house, it feels very tangible
1: yeah one well, i th- it
0: puts you in their world really well
1: exactly and i think not that i've seen a lot of horror movies but i feel like there's that gimmick of like people shouting at the screen of like no don't do that two horror movies right that's like a thing
0: Wow well, I mean, that mo- yeah.
1: this movie didn't have that because they're just people living their lives and it turns out their lives are uh predestined for them to get their heads chopped off. and um...
0: Well, and that's what makes the end of the movie so good. So, like, when, at this point, what, the mom's been possessed, the father's gone up in flames. <laughs> the brother's been possessed a few times yeah. and, like, broken his own nose, but he hasn't been uh, totally broken down so that the demon can take control of him. And he wakes up in the house and, you know, sort of in the same way that the exposition isn't force-fed to you in the movie, for the most part. Um, the scares are not force-fed to you, and in fact, their subtlety makes them much more scary to me anyways. And so, uh, he, w- Peter, the character, wakes up, and it's dark. And whenever I was watching the movie on a Sunday afternoon with the light coming in...
1: Which is not how you made me watch the movie. You made me watch it at night, and you turned off all the lights. Yeah, it was
0: a lot more fun. Um... <laughs> But I couldn't see because of the reflection of the sun on the TV or, you know, I couldn't see the left corner of the screen. And so going back and watching the movie again, it scared the shit out of me because, oh my God, the mom is levitating in the corner, just quietly, not moving for like a full minute. Yes. And it's just there. And then he goes to another room in the house and she's doing the same thing. It's much more visible. And and so my... It, it it just the the scares really do come they they come in a very i don't know exactly what I was going to say
1: subtle waves that wash over you in terror yeah that's
0: not a bad way of putting it but because yeah. they haven't come quite crashing down yeah they land extra hard yeah thank you for filling in the words here for me
1: yeah this is my ocean metaphors yeah
0: I think I also like the music in this movie quite a lot. Horror movie music. Uh,
1: yeah, I thought the music was fine.
0: Horror, horror movie music <laughs> tends to sound roughly about the same. There's a lot of screech. Screech,
1: piano, crash.
0: Yeah, but they got this. bats
1: flying. They got
0: this dude who plays the oboe to do it. and so. Oh,
1: the oboe is one of the spookiest instruments.
0: Well, he certainly made me think so. so. It's
1: the duck sound in Peter and the Wolf. You ever listen to Peter and the Wolf?
0: i can't say that i have
1: well it's the whole orchestra and each instrument is a different animal or character and the oboe is the duck
0: that's very informative and that has to i'm sure that's weaved into the movie somehow (laughs) i'm
1: sure there's a lot of duck imagery that we just haven't seen in the collective seven times we've watched it
0: yeah that sounds about right (laughs) but i think you know it just goes to how deep the craft is on this movie i mean there, there has been this sort of resurgence in artsy horror movies, or a surgence in artsy horror movies. I don't know that many of them previously have been so well-crafted. I'm not a um, film historian. But well-shot, well-written, well-edited, well-scored, and the production design's awesome. Like I said, the house feels real, and they obviously... There's this whole thing with um, Annie, Tony Collette's character, making miniatures throughout the movie which again you think is going to play in more and it maybe is a metaphor for the movie as a whole where the cult's manipulating the family yeah maybe um but the fact is a bunch of people had to make those miniatures and i I don't know just from top to bottom it's a movie that like i I think tony collette said that the director came to the movie with it shot in his head already and i think that shows it's just like really tight from top to bottom. It was
1: It's thought out.
0: Yeah, it it wasn't and, it wasn't slapdash.
1: And honestly, if you're not that into horror movies, it might be kind of a good thing for you because it relaxes you into like, oh no, a family drama and you kind of settle into that. Mm. And then in the last 15 minutes, it's like, just kidding. Here's some spooky stuff.
0: See, I'd actually disagree with that. I really? think I think starting you on this movie as our first podcast episode thing mm-hmm. was a testament to your bravery because i like horror movies a lot and this is the first horror movie in a long long time that has actually unnerved me and i think
1: it did stay with me for a couple uh, days i
0: think it's incredibly frightening but
1: that's what i'm saying is that as someone who doesn't like horror movies instead of it just being like classic horror here's some blood and a slash throat and Oh, no, you're running through the woods. Where'd your pants go, lady? Instead, <laughs> of people are often naked in horror movies. Okay, yeah. I think that's a gimmick.
0: It can be, yeah.
1: All right, so that's what I'm saying. But Instead but of, is, that but kind of that kind of in your face... I mean, no. What, what I'm saying is this relaxes you into... Before you think totally going be, you up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it for yeah. the doubters, it, it marinates them before it cooks them.
0: I, well, I think... That's a different thing. That means it's actually extra scary to those people. I, I think know.
1: I'm saying that's a good thing if the goal is to scare.
0: Okay, well, yeah, but you said as a, as a person who doesn't like horror exactly. movies. Exactly. So I disagree because it will actually scare those people a well, lot.
1: But that's the point of watching horror movies is to be scared, right?
0: Well, we're arguing different things then. I, yeah, I think we're on. Because new horror people movie or people who don't like horror movies will not like this movie for the most part. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll appreciate the craftsmanship of it. But it's like a thousand times more frightening than most horror movies. Most horror movies have like... Are either not scary or haunted, if they're scary for you... Like like a...
1: It haunted me more than it frightened me. It stuck around with me.
0: Yeah, which is... I think most people would not... I'm not saying not, that's a bad thing. But most people wouldn't want that. Right. So, you know, I think most people if they're going to have to watch a horror movie would just prefer some blood and guts and it follows a familiar track hereditary does not follow a familiar track it's it, it, it does play on some tropey things but it's still I've never quite seen a movie like that
1: so in conclusion don't watch it
0: I would disagree with that don't I watch think it. I think if you're <laughs> I think if you're easily disturbed, particularly uh, the thing that made my mom not want to watch it is um, the death of a child partway through the movie. And it's uh, it's they don't they don't skimp on it. I'll t- I'll just put it that way. They do not play around. It's quite disturbing. The child
1: is definitely dead.
0: Yes. Um, and There's for no some, way to bring her back. I can see why uh, parents might not like that so much. But I think if you can handle it. As I don't, two
1: childless people.
0: I don't think you could watch, it. watch a better horror movie. I I think on the continuum of my horror movies, I think it probably jumped right to the front. Like, I, I would be hard-pressed to name one that's better than that.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, considering my list currently is Insidious, that Goosebumps movie about the Night of the Living Dummy, mm-hmm. and this one you know of those three this one's definitely in my top two so
0: there you go well and actually you have one more because it's probably gonna be our next episode
1: oh that's right
0: it's The Exorcist The Exorcist because I think we were thinking about what to do next and Emma hadn't seen The Exorcist and I I haven't seen a lot well yeah and I think you know uh, Hereditary is obviously not it's a very different movie but I think The Exorcist is sort of ground zero for artistic horror movies it's I think a lot of people think it's one of the best movies like at least of the seventies, if not ever. So watching that you can sort of see some of the cues that a lot of other movies take. Yeah, it's, so it's, if
1: you wanna join us, if you want a third wheel on our movie night date,
0: yeah, watch
1: can, uh watch the exorcist before you listen to the next episode.
0: Yeah, and then we can we can, we can all can talk, talk together. About it. Yeah. Sit
1: down like friends.
0: Yeah, that'll be nice.
1: <laughs> Make me dinner.
0: I probably will.
1: No, you will not.
0: Oh, God. Okay, well, hopefully you enjoyed this first first episode in which we bickered and Emma (laughs) drank orange juice and did some ASMR, and we uh, were spooked out by Hereditary, but we'll hopefully be back soon with another episode about The Exorcist, and hopefully by the time you're listening to this, you can find this on whatever podcast platforms the kids are using. So
1: pp the podcast place
0: oh dear is okay. that what it's called i don't think so <laughs> okay <laughs> 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 gotta do better branding than that yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh yeah so this has been we watch dead people uh thanks thanks again for listening
1: thank you so much
0: asmr all right bye <laughs> <laughs>